Blog Talk Radio. Thank you all for tuning in. We got so much to talk about. The Nature Boy, back on Monday Night Raw tonight. We're going to get into that a little bit later on. You got to give us a call. Let us know what you're thinking. So many things going on in the world of professional wrestling. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Again, that's 347-838-9815. You can go to facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Head on over there. We got a show chat going on right now. We'll get a, a raw chat going on later on tonight, so head on over to Facebook, like us. We're, we're so close. We're, I'm, I'm pandering. Go get your friends. Get them. We're, we're at 380 likes. Uh, we, we, I want to get to 400 by the time the show's over, so head on over, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Like us on Facebook. Join the chat. You can also check us out on Twitter. Our handle at Twitter is at the Ken Reedy Show, again, at The Ken Reedy Show on Twitter. And as always, you can check us out on our website, thekenreedyshow.com. Lots of interesting stuff over there, blogs and what have you. So bio, so you want to know about all of us involved in the show, check out thekenreedyshow.com. Just a little bit of housekeeping to let you guys know. Um, we will not be doing a show next week. Usually we do a pregame show for our extreme rule for our pay-per-views. We won't be doing one this week because uh, I'm going to the show, so we won't be able to do a show. But uh, check out the Facebook page because we'll be out there tailgating um, like we do when we go to these live events. So we'd love to have you come on by, maybe have a drink with us, maybe a burger or two, and just hang out and talk some wrestling. So we'll post exactly where we're going to be in the parking lot uh, on the Facebook page. So if you have me coming down to Extreme Rules in New Jersey Want to hang out with us for a little bit in the parking lot? Come on out. We'll be there all day tailgating. And as always, with so much to get through and and sort out and and things out there, could not get through it alone. Got my trusty tag team partner on the line. Dave is here. Dave, how are you doing this evening? You know, every week we we talk about being the very best in pro wrestling talk, and I would have to – you know, pat ourselves on the back and toot our own horn because we we prove that every single week. But what I'm really looking forward to talking about is this best talkers list 
that WWE.com put out. So let's get right to it. Yeah, very interesting list. And, and, and Grant, you know, we've, we've talked about the list. And, and it's interesting. I, I, I sincerely believe, and not just the WWE, but uh, anybody, you know, ESPN, any news, entertainment, sports outlet that comes up with these lists, purposely, you know, put some things on the list or, or put some things out of order because they want people to talk about it. They want controversy. Um, they want people to debate about it. And, uh, you know, granted, we've been critical, you know, the top 50 superstars of all time. A lot of of criticism, uh, from my end at least, on when that list came out. Um, This list, I didn't think it was horrible. Uh, There are certain things I disagreed with, per se, um, but I I wasn't hating on the list totally. Um, You know, if you guys haven't seen it, and we'll talk a lot about, you know, numbers on the list and stuff, but going, you know, I'll give you the top 10. Chris Jericho at 10, Hogan at 9, Heenan at 8, Mick Foley at 7, Paul Heyman at 6, Dusty Rhodes at 5, Stone Cold at 4, Piper 3, Rock 2, Flair 1. Not a horrible top 10 Although when you start to look at people that didn't crack the top ten, like a Jake Roberts, like a superstar Billy Graham, like even a uh, Randy Savage, you start to wonder, you know, we've discussed here, everyone out there listening to the show knows that I'm the biggest Hogan Mark out there. Maybe the biggest, if not my tag team partner might be the biggest. But I don't know if, if, if Hogan cracks that top ten and his politics go... You know, if he was still in TNA, he'd probably be number 35 on this list. So, I mean, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. My, for me, my number one on the list would be Roddy Piper. I have always considered the blessed trinity of talkers in wrestling history to be Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, and Roddy Piper. Those would be my top three. I can't argue with Rock being there at number two. Uh, you know, so it's an interesting top ten. An interesting list. Dave, when, when you heard the list, uh, what were your initial reactions to this list? Um, I mean, a lot of the, for the most part, the majority of the names on the list, um, I wasn't surprised at them being on the list. I was a little bit surprised at some of the standings. Um, I think now because of, you know, Paul Heyman and his association with Brock Lesnar, the reason why he's in the top ten is because of, you know, the recent events that took place at WrestleMania. Um, I was surprised at a few of the names, you know, that you and I talked about before we went on the air. Uh, Scott Steiner, for instance. I mean, I remember watching just a few weeks ago the the biggest blunders on WWE Countdown on the network, and they talked about how horrible his promos were, how you couldn't understand a word he said, and he cracked the top 50. Um, New Jack from the original ECW, which uh, I watched enough ECW to know that New Jack, you know, with all due respect to the man, yeah, he, he has some talent, but his promo skills, I mean, Unless you can, um, unless the criteria goes by that you can, you know, say the most cuss words in under 30 seconds in a promo, then I guess he makes the the, the, the greatest talkers list. And Joel Gertner, former you know ECW ring announcer, manager of the Dudleys, like I was surprised at names like J.J. Dillon or Tully Blanchard or. Uh, you know, even the late Paul Bearer, he was a great talker, and the character that he had, you know, presenting The Undertaker. There's certain names that missed the list. They're not huge omissions, but 
Um, for the most part, the majority of the guys on the list um, that I that I saw on there deserve to be on there. Just some of the placement, like you you had you would have Piper at number one. I still would have kept Flair at one. I probably would have put Piper at two ahead of The Rock, and then put Rock at number three and made those the three greatest talkers. I would have put Dusty at four, and then maybe even Austin at five. Um, you know, just kind of switching the numbers around a little bit. But for the most part, I didn't really have a, a, a big problem with the list. It's an interesting list. I mean, you know, again, some of the – if we're getting into uh, semantics and, and, and just, you know, nitpicking, you know, I have Heenan over Heyman. I mean, I know, like, Heyman is riding a tremendous wave right now. And I don't, got, I don't know if you guys have heard, um, but Paul Heyman's client, Brock Lesnar, beat the streak. So just in case you haven't heard that uh, – Paul Heyman's client, Brock Lesnar, uh, beat the Undertaker streak. So I, I don't know if you guys have heard, but uh, just putting that out there. Um, you know, it's funny. If, if, you know, if you listen to JBL, who is also on the list as one of the 50 greatest talkers, I, I mean, you got Paul Heyman's the greatest manager of all time, and, and the Shield might be the greatest faction of all time. So we may, we may actually be in the greatest era of, of all time. Uh, at this point, I, I don't agree with them with, with that, and I'm, I'm definitely being a, a little bit sarcastic here. But I, you know, I put Heenan over Heyman. Although I can't fault uh, Heyman being high on the list, a tremendous talker. Um, you know, some of the interesting things like CM Punk uh, coming in at number 16, screams politics. You think if, if CM Punk was in the company and in good standing, um, you could almost see him cracking the top 10. Uh, some weird things, and, and if you're first time listening, we, we've said this a zillion times. You know, this is one of those shows we're not Cena haters uh, on this show. Um, I'm not, I don't have a problem with Cena cracking the list. I, I think Cena's cut some very good promos. Uh, you know, back in the day when he was when he was uh, doing his thug thug life thing and, and rapping. Uh, you know, those are some fun promos. Um, and, and when he hits an intense promo, I think he can he can really cut a good promo. I have a hard time, maybe at 12. I mean, he's ahead of Mr. McMahon and superstar Billy Graham, uh, Macho Man at 18, uh, you know, Jim Cornette at 17. I, I, I don't know if I rank John Cena up that high. I don't have a problem, and I don't know what you think, Dave. I don't have a problem with Cena being on the list. I, I don't know if he's quite number 12 as far as the 50 greatest talkers ever. This may surprise you and this may shock you, but... Um, Cena was one of the names on the list that I didn't agree with. And the only reason why is I don't think he has enough range in his promos, whereas the, whereas the majority of the other talent on that list do. Um, I think Cena's, you know, his, his serious, passionate, um, you know, preaching-like promos, like the one he did before the, the title match with Orton back in December when they had all the champions in the ring, like that was a great promo. Um, his promo a few weeks before WrestleMania on Bray Wyatt um, talking about his legacy and being scared of him. I thought that was a good promo, but he's only got, I think he's one dimensional with that. You and I have talked in the past on this show about how we don't like the, the, the corny joke scene where he tells poop jokes and, and things of that nature. And I, I wouldn't, I don't think he cracked the top 50 in my opinion. I don't, I really don't. I think other names like Tully Blanchard could have made that list. Um, you know, Jimmy Hart. I mean, I, I, I mentioned other names earlier, but I 
Cena was one of the guys, in my opinion, that I didn't think should have been on this list. He's not known for being a great talker, at least in my opinion. People don't go out there and say, oh, he has one hell of a promo, but his match sucks. They, people just don't like John Cena to begin with. So anything that he does, they, they don't like. But I'm not a John Cena hater, and I've always been a big supporter of him, but in my opinion, not on this list. Yeah, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, I, I, I would be okay if he was, he was higher on the list. Um, you know, the, I guess the one thing, like, you know, you're right. When you bring up the point, like, you don't think of John Cena when you think of, you know, on the mic. You think of all the other stuff, um, you know, that he does, and he's just a company guy. Um, and everything he's done to, to broaden the scope of the WWE, uh, the Make-A-Wish, the, the, everything he does outside of wrestling. Um, you know, I don't have a problem with him cracking this, this top 50, but, you know, when you get into that top 12, top 15, that, that's that, that category where those are guys that you can't wait to hear them on the microphone. And, and it's, you're right, like, you don't think of John Cena as a, a, a mic guy, whereas, you know, these other guys... I mean, and even Hulk Hogan, as much as maybe not so, that's not the first thing that pops in your head, but every wrestling fan, you know, knows what you're going to do, brother. So everyone has, like, their, their favorite Hulk Hogan promos. Um, Cena's not one of those guys. And, and, and speaking of Cena, the interesting thing is on this list, and, and I think it, it's an interesting debate, um, Bray Wyatt comes in at number 34. Now let me preface this all by saying... I absolutely love what Bray Wyatt is doing right now. I, I am enthralled with him. I, he is must-see TV every single time he is on the screen. And I thought his promo on Friday night on SmackDown was absolutely brilliant. Uh, one of the best promos uh, you know, I could say that I've heard in years. I, I thought I, I, he's just gold right now. Um, I do think it's a pretty small sampling, though. Uh, to put him on the top 50 of all time. Now, I, I think, honestly, when it's all said and done, if this is any indication, five, six, ten years down the road, we may be talking about Bray Wyatt in the top ten, if not top five. I mean, I think that he's got that much potential on the mic going forward. I just have a, I, I don't know, like I have a hard time with such a small sampling uh, to put him on any all-time list. Future's bright, upside is huge, all-time list. I don't know your thoughts on Bray Wyatt, Dave. Oh, his, his, his mic work is, is unbelievable for for um, you know somebody with a character like that starting out. I mean, let's let's all remember we we all know who he was before. He was Husky Harris, and the the Husky Harris character didn't really leave much to be desired um, by looking at him in the ring and you know his mic work in, in general. It was. It was a work in progress, let's just put it that way. And then when he, you know, formed this Bray Wyatt character, and the majority of this character is talking. I mean, he's got some solid in-ring work, and he does some interesting things in the ring, but you look at him and you look at the promos that he cuts and it's just the strange things that he does. I mean, just little things. And I'm always, like I say on the show all the time, I'm always a big fan of little things. But the way he even held the microphone, it was just a little bit different. You know, something that made him stand out. But, um... Cracking this list right now, I think it's a little too premature. I'll, I'll agree with you there. Um, I think what he's doing is great. From what I'm hearing, they've been letting him write his own promos. They've approved him after he's given them to the writing team, and then they'll maybe make a, t- a minor tweak here and there, but for the most part, he's writing his own promos. Um, so it shows how into this character he is. 
Um, yeah, down the line, I do agree with you. I think we will see him eventually crack, you know, if we do another list. He would definitely make that list as time goes on at the rate he's going now, especially with this angle with John Cena that basically really bolstered popularity even after WrestleMania. I thought his popularity was going to kind of die down because whenever year you go to WrestleMania and you go to a city, you know, it's not just locals that are there. It's people from out of town and, and, and people from all over the world and the European fans and, you know, the Wyatts have a following. We saw it at Access that night where, you know, people went crazy, you know, the running of the marks the stampede um so i i think somewhere down the line he will make an he will make a top 50 top 25 whatever you want to call it talkers list and with the with the the ratings going with john cena i i think that's going to happen at some point yeah and let's talk about i mean i i'm really enjoying this this storyline and one of the things and you know and this is where we we've talked about it and where we've come to defend john cena you know, I understand. I, I do. I understand the frustration and, and the hatred and, and people who weren't fans of John Cena. And, and I, I totally get it uh, because there was a time where the WWE was kind of shoving them down our throats. And, you know, I think John Cena is very good at what he does. Um, and he's not that good at some other things. Um, the one thing that I thought the, the, the problem was, was you got to criticize the WWE and not John Cena. John Cena does some things well, does things not so well. He is great for the company. He's a great company guy. He's a guy you want out there doing the talk shows and, 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 and out doing the publicity. I mean, every company would want a John Cena type. Um, but there was a time where he was just kind of being shoved down our throats a bit. And, you know, when you look back, you know, in, in great eras of wrestling, you know, like you go back to the 80s, and, and if you weren't a Hogan guy, you know, the mid-card – you know, it was made up of guys like Tito Santana and, and Greg Valentine, uh, a macho man early on. Hell, Terry Funk was a mid-carter. So you could get into other storylines, other people, uh, other characters, if you weren't into the top guy. Same thing when the 90s started going. And when you would watch, uh, if you weren't a Bret Hart guy, maybe you were a Shawn Michaels guy, maybe you were into The Undertaker, maybe you were into Triple H and The Rock when they, a little bit later, Stone Cold, I mean... There were so many guys that if you didn't like one guy, there were other characters, other guys, other programs that you could get involved in. Hell, there was a time period where we watched Stone Cold and The Rock battling for the Intercontinental title. You know, going forward, things changed, and it was all about John Cena. Now things have changed back, and, and, and I like what's going on now, because if you don't like Cena, you know, you could get into what The Shield is doing. If you don't like what... What the shield is going on? Maybe you're into the IC tournament going on right now. You know, there's there's a lot of different things to be into. Maybe you're into Cesaro, what Heyman's doing. You know, there's so many guys you could get into that if you don't like one aspect, you can like the other. I like what they've done now is slotting Cena in. It's kind of a, a mid card, not that mid card is a dirty word. It's kind of a mid card storyline. I love the way that they're they're manipulating the storyline and you know. Wyatt is, is this, this cult leader that is, is using the fact that the, the fans boo John Cena as, as part of the storyline. That these, these people that, that you think believe in you, they've turned their back on you. And, and that's what they're doing to, to, for, for Bray to question uh, John Cena's legacy. Uh, I, just, I love everything into the, this storyline. I love finally... When, you know, they have all these polls and, and, 
You know, they, they do it all the time on Monday Night Raw to, to, to vote for someone's opponent. Finally, it was something that, to me, worked so well in the context of the storyline that they actually had the fans vote for John Cena's opponent, and the fans voted for all three of the Wyatt uh, to, to go up against him. That was just made it even more apparent that, that, he, that the people, the people that John Cena loves so much, that, that he's, he's built his career and his legacy on, have turned their back on him. And just, even in the ring, the facial expressions that Cena's bringing to the table, as well as Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt's promo work, it's just really cool. I mean, to me, like, the focal point of the company uh, right now is, is Daniel Bryant and also the, the Shield and, and Evolution. So there's this other storyline going that I am just loving how it's evolving. Um, I, and I don't know. Oh, I'm not going to enter the and, and talk about the, the dirty word, the Cena uh, Hilder. Not going to talk about it. Um, but it makes you wonder, like, what's going to happen? What direction is this storyline going to go? And I think there's so many directions. It makes for a great storyline. And, and I'm just I'm, – I'm loving every aspect of this right now, Dave. Yeah, I mean, I look at the storyline and I look at – I compare it to some things from the past. You know, wrestling seems to have certain formulas that work and that don't work. And, you know, they, they rehash storylines or they rehash – certain angles and, and ways that they do things. And this kind of reminds me of how they transitioned The Undertaker from being a heel to a babyface. If you remember, when Undertaker first fought for the WWE Championship at the 1991 Survivor Series against Hulk Hogan, that crowd, was a, that Detroit audience was, I would say, 60-40, maybe 70-30 in favor of Undertaker. Um, and that was the beginning of the, the, the decline, I would say, of the all-American good guy, Hulkamania, Hulk Hogan, at that time. Um, and then not too long after, a few years later, he was gone from WWE. But um, it kind of reminds me of that. And the funny thing, you know, you mentioned that dirty word, that Cena heel turn. I'll bring it up. Why? Because I don't think it's going to happen. But what I think what's cool about it is that now they are finally having him react to the audience turning on him. I don't know how far they're going to go with it, but they're showing he's showing some emotion towards the audience. Like the vote last week on Raw, when the when the WWE Universe voted on the app to have all three members of the Wyatt face John, Wyatt family face John Cena, the look on his face was priceless. His eyes just popped out of his head, and he looked at everybody in the audience like, "What are you doing? What's going on? Why are you doing this to me?" I mean, he just had this look of bewilderment, and they're starting to acknowledge it. If you remember a few years ago. You know, Cena did a Piper's Pit on Raw leading into the uh, the match with The Rock at WrestleMania 28 in Miami where Piper was talking to him about acknowledging that these people are turning on you. And Cena didn't want to do that. His character did not want to do that. And they even tried to do a storyline where he would embrace more hate by feuding with Kane, and Kane tried to bring more hate out of him. And that still didn't seem to, to, to strike a chord. Cena was still the same, you know, you know all-American good guy that you know he tried to portray himself to be now it seems like they're i wouldn't say they're flirting with the idea but you never say never in the wrestling business i'm not saying it's going to happen but i'm not saying it's it wouldn't surprise me if it did happen um the the cena heel turn uh, i should say but i'm not going to predict it we're not i'm I'm not going to try and get that discussion going because we, we've been there before. We know how it's going to turn out. But 
they've been they've been acknowledging it more that the people are turning on him. I wonder. This is where the intriguement for me is. Where do they go next with that? How, how do they acknowledge that with Wyatt and with Cena? Exactly, and and that's the thing that I'm really enjoying about it is is the fact that you don't know what direction they're they're, they're going to go in. I mean, you know, John Cena turning heel would work for for the storyline. Uh, John Cena, you know. Staying true to who he is would work for the storyline. Um, who knows what direction they're going to go in, but that's what makes it exciting. And, and I love the way they're using the crowd in this storyline and their reaction to Cena as part of it. Um, and I love, you know, what again, going back to that list, I have no doubt that at some point in time, Bray Wyatt is going to be deserving on that list, and he may be on a very short list. Uh, his promo SmackDown... Well, it was absolutely amazing. Um, it got me really excited for the match. Um, you know, but you look at, like, everything that Wyatt is bringing to the table. I mean, I would love to sit down with this guy and, and you know, ask him if he's a real big movie buff or if I'm just reading too much into this character. But, you know, he's got a little bit of, uh, you know, De Niro's Max Cady uh, from Cape Fear uh, in him, especially with the way he's dressing and, and look. But... At the same time, uh, I don't know if you ever seen the movie Fall In with Denzel Washington, uh, the demon Azazel that uh, passes from person to person and uh, eerily sings uh, "Time is on uh, Time is on My Side" um, by the Stones, uh, and, and just the way the people like walking around, just going "Time is on My Side," really eerie, uh, and and it's it's a demon uh, that that's basically jumping from person to person, kind of, you know, bringing in souls, which, uh, you know, kind of, it, it seems like there's part of that with Wyatt. And there's also, a, you know, going a little bit cheesy, if you go uh, to Con Air, uh, with Steve Buscemi's character, Garland Green, who uh, was singing, he got the whole world uh, in his hand, uh, when he meets up with the little girl, and eventually when the, when the plane, when the, the plane crashes, he's singing that song, um, so you just wonder, like, where is Wyatt uh, drawing from uh, to, to build this character? Uh, where are they going to go with the character? I mean, the crowd is definitely responding to Bray Wyatt. Where does this character go? Do they, do they turn him face? Uh, do, do we, again, have a, 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 another classic confrontation between the Wyatts and the Shield? Um, you know, where exactly do they go? And, again, for me as a wrestling fan... That's that's what I want. I want those storylines where I'm sitting there going, wow, there's there's a dozen different directions they can go in, and, and I'm not willing to bet the farm on any one of them. I, I think, you know, if John Cena completely loses it on, on Sunday and Monday, we get a definitive heel turn, would not shock me. If he doesn't and maintains his control in, in the match on, on Extreme Rules, wouldn't shock me either. We have Monday night... You know, the same John Cena. Um, you know, either guy winning the match wouldn't shock me either way. And I think, you know, some, some people out there, like when you watch wrestling and, and you get so caught up with the terminology and, and saying, you know, oh, he should get over and, oh, this guy should get over and blah, blah, blah with the over. And, and sometimes I think the worst thing is, is for people knowing the terms. You know, it doesn't matter. Bray Wyatt's over, regardless. Bray Wyatt is that good. Um a loss or a win, whatever, Bray Wyatt, he's going to get through it. He's going to get past it. So the, the loss at WrestleMania meant nothing. 
This guy is amazing right now. Whatever he does is gold right now. And even, even if he loses to John Cena on Sunday at Extreme Rules, I still think he, he survives and keeps getting more and more popular. I think he's just that good. So we'll see what happens. But I, I, I just, this is, you know, I'm liking what The Shield is doing. I'm liking the other storylines. Love Cesaro and Heyman and all that stuff. But for me right now, Dave, as far as like a, a bona fide storyline, this is probably my, my favorite storyline right now on, on uh, WWE television. Uh, it's very intriguing. Like I said before, the 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 intrigue for me is is how they acknowledge what you know the the audience turning on Cena and 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 the fact that Cena has acknowledged it. I do believe Bray Wyatt will be a bona fide star. I think, and you and I we discussed this in New Orleans. In fact, we were sitting in a bar and we were discussing um, you know the possibility of the Undertaker streak being ended or not being ended. And of course, we all know how that turned out. Um, but there was that gentleman with his wife or girlfriend that was sitting at the bar, and he made up a great point how Bray Wyatt could be the next Undertaker in a way. I mean, his popularity is growing. Um, and that's if he were to have been the one to break the streak and be the next guy that Taker passes that torch to. But I still think that that could be a possibility. I mean, he's growing such a huge popularity, simul- similar to how The Undertaker's popularity grew after the first year in WWE and after that title win over Hogan, um, I think you know at some point they will split the Wyatts. I think I think the Wyatts will be split. I think Bray will do well on his own. I think Luke Harper is going to be the next Kane, in my opinion. I think he'll be a big guy that they rely on. He's very agile in the ring for a guy his size. Puts on some tremendous matches. And I, I, I from what I'm hearing, I'm hearing once they they disband the Shield or if they you know, have Reigns go solo and the other two, Ambrose and Rollins, go heel, that's when they turn Bray Wyatt babyface. But at the same time, though, I don't think you're going to really need a definitive turn of sorts because his popularity just keeps growing every week. I don't think it's going to boom even higher when he does something that you would consider a definitive turn. Agree. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. So much to talk about. What do you think of the top fifty talkers of all time? The Wyatts, Bray Wyatt, is he deserved to be on the list. What do you think of the storyline with John Cena? What did you think of SmackDown last week? SmackDown, they, they could have called it Shield Downers or something with Shield. They basically gave the whole show to the Shield. We're going to talk about that on the other side. Lots of stuff going into Extreme Rules, and we got the Nature Boys showing up tonight. On Monday Night Raw, and we want to talk to you. We got a lot of people, a lot of calls tonight. You guys have been patient, on hold. We're going right out to the calls right after this break. But for now, it is time for the Day 5 50 50 News Report. Thank you very much, Ken. Like he said, Day 5 50 50 News Report. Every Monday night, only heard on the Ken Reedy Show here at the top of the hour. Our first story this week TNA Wrestling. Yeah, I know we don't talk about them a lot, but they issued a press release this week announcing a partnership with UTA, United Talent Agency. UTA is a company that will represent TNA in negotiations to secure the company new television deals, licensing, and touring deals. It's also speculated that UTA will likely represent TNA talents for p- potential television and movie roles. 
PWInsider.com is reporting that newly formed Global Force Wrestling, owned and operated by former TNA founder Jeff Jarrett, is speculated to begin running live events starting in either October or November of 2014. There is, however, still no word on a possible television deal. Some sad news to report this evening. Former AWA and WCW announcer Lee Marshall has passed away. Marshall can be best remembered for doing the ring announcing for the Los Angeles portion of WWE's WrestleMania II event, as well as succeeding Thurl Ravenscroft as the voice of Tony the Tiger in the Frosted Flakes commercials. As of this time, a cause of death has not been determined. According to multiple media outlets, USA Network is in a strong position to keep WWE programming after the bidding war is over. The network has topped $1 billion in profit with Bonnie Hammer at the helm over the last two years. The network is starting to map out a fall lineup, and it's expected that WWE will be staying, but no one is talking as of now, only pure speculation. And in our final report this evening, in a follow-up report from last week, we can now confirm that the fallen angel Christopher Daniels is no longer with TNA Wrestling. Wednesday, Daniels confirmed his free agency status on his Twitter account. His bad influence partner, Kazarian, is expected to finish out his contract in the next few weeks and not re-sign with TNA. And in just one final note, if you haven't already heard, Paul Heyman's client, Brock Lesnar, conquered the streak. And there you have it, folks. That was the Day 5 News Report, only heard at the top of the hour every single Monday night. Ken, back to you. Great piece of news, Dave. Thanks for keeping us informed. I had no idea that uh, Paul Heyman's client, Brock Lesnar, conquered the streak. So, a uh, yeah, bit of breaking news. Somebody sent me a BBM. <laughs> There you have it. We got, you know, you guys have been great, and you guys have been on hold uh, for a while, so we're going to go right out to the phone. Got a lot to talk about. You guys, bring it. Want to hear from you. Let's let's make it fun, quick, vibrant, entertaining. We're going to go out to the phones. we got Tony on the line. Tony, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I had no idea that um, Paul Heyman's clients uh, beat the streak. I mean, he's only said it like 20,000 times over the last three weeks. You know what's funny? I mean... People like say, I, I think it's hilarious, and I'm, I'm actually enjoying that, because what he's doing is, is kind of still kind of solidifying Cesaro as, as a heel. So he's using the heat he got from his client, Brock Lesnar, conquering the streak, and, and kind of trying to parlay that over to Cesaro. So who knows, you know, maybe down the road, that'll be the, the ammunition that Cesaro needs. Like, oh, you're always, you're always talking about Lesnar, you don't care about me. Um, or something. I mean, who knows? But I, that's I think what I was thinking on. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking on SmackDown too when they had that debate with uh, with him and Coulter. You know, I thought you know eventually they're going to turn Cesaro face and do the whole thing. I was like, you're always mentioning Brock Lesnar. Really, you know, I can why not me? You know, all that, you know eventually a face turn. But uh, you know, even um, the, if you him and Swagger, it's like is it, is this is, uh, are these two is it heel versus heel? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of weird. I mean, I, it looked like the returning Cesaro baby face. Then they made, then they put him with Heyman. And then it seemed like on SmackDown that Cesaro was the heel, Swagger was the face. Um, and it's it's kind of confusing because you got two heel managers there. Yeah, you know, so it's it's like you know, I mean, the Zed Coulter character is obviously a heel character, so it's like turning Jack Swagger face would be kind of strange. And 
Cesaro going face would be, you know, with Heyman would be, uh, it's I don't know, you know, it's like, definitely, it's definitely odd. It's, you know what it is? And I'm curious, like your thoughts too, Dave, on this, you know, they did say as of late that they wanted to kind of blur the lines a little bit between face and heel and kind of, you know, like fans can boo and cheer whoever they feel like it. And, and maybe they're kind of getting away from that true face, true heel kind of uh, vibe. And, and they're going to, there's going to be more of a gray area between characters. And that's kind of like my take on, on that rivalry right now is kind of them, you know, yeah, they're two heels, technically and they'll just let the crowd like react how they're going to react regardless they're not going to worry about making someone a true face and someone a true heel they're going to put on a good match they're going to put on good promos and then let the crowd uh kind of decide which way they want to go what do you think dave well from what i understand i i what you're saying is correct that they're really just letting the audience kind of dictate who they like and who they dislike and not really having definitive baby faces or heels. But in the terms of, in, in the case of Cesaro and his pairing with Heyman, um, yeah, I can understand, Tony, why you would see it as confusing. But from what I am reading, I am reading that WWE is trying to really, I mean, they're seeing the popularity Cesaro has, and now they're trying to create that organically, kind of like themselves, as, kind of like what Daniel Bryan's following took place, you know, in the, in the past two years or so, and how popular he got. From what I understand, they're handing out signs to the audience that says the little signs that say Cesaro section that you see in plain sight in camera in the front in the first few rows in the front, um, and they're not really Cesaro's not really acting more like a heel being paired with Heyman. He's kind of doing the same thing. He's letting his work speak for himself, um, and it's, it's at some point from what I'm hearing, it's supposed to build to either a split or a match with Brock Lesnar um, and. Cesaro will not necessarily be a, a heel being with Heyman. They may, they won't really kind of acknowledge it on TV, but at some point when they're ready to split him, they will acknowledge that, you know, he's been with Heyman all this time, kind of doing his own thing, never really needed Heyman, but Heyman kind of needed him and jumped and piggybacked off of his success, um, kind of like what they were doing at the end with CM Punk and Paul Heyman last year and how they, they kind of ended that relationship and how Punk got real popular again as a baby face and Heyman kind of like tagged along onto that and Punk didn't really want him. They're kind of going to do that a little bit with Cesaro leading to eventually a match with him and Brock somewhere down the line. But um, I don't think he's going to be really described as being a heel or acting in any kind of heel way. Like I said, he he lets his work speak for himself in terms of his, his in-ring work. I think Heyman's just there as just an added piece, kind of like what Flair had with Bobby Heenan. Tony, I'm curious, like getting back, you know, we, we hit that uh, top 50 list, uh, you know, fan for a while, you, you know, you have uh, some strong opinions. What do you think of the top 50 talkers of all time? Um, actually, I, I actually hadn't seen it before, you know, I had heard about it, but I, I never had a chance to take a look at it, but I heard it was the top 10 that you mentioned now. Um, I mean, Flair being a number one doesn't really, you know, I mean, I, you know, that's just, I kind of had a feeling it would be since, you know, it's, it's Ric Flair, you know. But, I mean, you know, it's like these these lists, like you were talking about before, you know, it's like it, some of them, you know, it's like they're not always necessarily the fairest ranking, like you were saying, you know, because it's like, uh, like you, oh, my God, who, who made the, uh, who was number, uh, what number was Dusty Rhodes again? Dusty Rhodes came in five. The top five was Dusty, then Stone Cold, Piper, Rock, Flair. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, because I, I think Dusty Rhodes went off on Twitter about not being in the top three. He wrote some some gibberish tweet about that. But um, uh, anyway, but about uh, as to who would be in the list, I mean, you know, like guys like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know why guys like Steiner is, I don't know why Steiner was in there. I just see that he made it at number fifty. But they, yeah, that, that that was kind of that was kind of odd. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Terry Funk is obviously one of the you know is one of the best talkers. You know, uh, Mick Foley, I believe he made the list too, right? Was at twenty four. What's that? Foley came in at seven, but Terry Funk was at number twenty four. Okay, well, yeah, uh, I would have put Macho Man higher on the list, you know, just because you know, you know, I mean, I, mean I, I thought he had a lot more to him than you know, you know, I forget what number he came in at, but um, eighteen. You know, eighteen. You know, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, and uh, you know, even like having seen on the list, you know, it's like I'm not surprised because you know he's. You know, you know, he's currently there now. But you know, other, you know, it's, um, like I say, you know, his his problems have been, you know, make, you know, hit and miss over the years. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I, I hate to say it, but you know, well, I'm not on it. But I don't know why JBL's on the list. I find him to be really irritating. His commentary is just, oh my god, it's. Because I, I kind of like his his promo work, but you're right. Like I'm not I'm, I'm not a JBL fan right now. He did he, he was promo. When the first uh, started, I, I yeah, he's not my favorite commentator by any stretch of the imagination. I'm curious, Tony, who is your favorite guy? Uh, who you know, didn't watch oh, hours of them on the stick? Who is your favorite uh, guy? Guys that I can, you mean uh, uh, guys that I can hear talk on the mic? I mean, probably uh, yeah, like guys like uh, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man. Um, you know, even like you mentioned Paul Bearer too. You know, he was, you know, he was really, you know, his character, you know, that character was good. Uh, you know, Flair, I can, you know, I can hear a lot. You know, did uh, did Kurt Hennig make the list? Because he was another good one. That's a good point. You know, as we go through this, I don't believe he did make the list. Oh, that's oh, that's, that's a good uh, point. Yeah, I got, I got to go over this list a little, a little more. Of the the list is getting worse and worse as this show goes on. But yeah, that that's a pretty big. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, yeah, no, he's, I don't. I don't see him. I, I'm I'm scanning fast, but uh, yeah, I don't see him on the list. So uh, good get there, Tony. Did he? Um, yeah. about, um, did Million Dollar Man get on there? Yeah, Million Dollar Man one. came in. At, he came in at twenty-five. Okay. Another guy I probably would have had a little bit higher, but you know, again, yeah, like I these, ranked... these, these lists are out there to uh, build controversy and. Uh, you know, we're talking about it, so I guess it worked. Tony, thanks a lot for the call. we got a lot of callers on hold, so we're going to get out there. But uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Take it easy, man. Thanks for calling. All right, no problem. You guys have been real patient. Mm-hmm. Continue going with the uh, Tony in the car. I keep hearing like a horn honking. <laughs> we're going to go back out to the phones because we got a lot of people on hold. You guys are awesome this week, and let's keep it going. we got Dank on the line. Dank, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? We're doing great. What do you got for us? All right, three quick things. One, I'm really surprised, and I, I may, like I always say when it comes to these lists, I may be biased because I have not been watching wrestling as much as either one of you two have or the um, um, have seen the history of. But I'm really surprised that Paul Heyman came in sixth because – my opinion is it's one thing if you're really good in the mic and you're representing yourself, trying to make yourself look, you know, good or talking about yourself. When you, your entire job 
is to make your client look either really good or really bad to the universe, it makes your job even harder, in my opinion. So the fact that he came sixth, you know, like, yeah, I remember watching The Rock in his prime and Stone Cold in his prime, but the fact that he's still around doing what he's doing, I would have put him at least top five, if not top three. That's just me. Well, I um, it's a matter of opinion. Um, what else was I going to say real quick? Um, oh, this is strictly for you, Ken. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but I've looked at different sources. They are filming The Expendable 4, which is due to come out next fall. There is... They're teeter-tottering. He hasn't signed yet, but there is word that Hulk Hogan will sign to be to make an appearance in that movie. I, so, I, I, I've heard I've heard those rumors too. So I'm uh, I, yeah, I'm a little excited. I love the Expendables movie, so I'll be going to see it regardless. But that's pretty exciting. I'm curious because you're you're a movie guy, and we talked a little bit about Bray Wyatt's character. Did you pick up on you know some of the the, the perhaps movie uh, influences and Bray Wyatt's character, and are you enjoying his uh, promo work right now? Oh, absolutely! The fact that he does that reverse um, bridge and then starts walking—that looks like he just walked off the set of uh, some Exorcist movie. I love it. It's freaky. I'm not gonna lie. It scares me, but I absolutely love the fact that even like—not just the fact that he can do it, but a man of his stature, because that's. Ex- he doesn't come across as a man that's, like, really limber. And the fact that he can do it week in and week out, I absolutely love it. And it adds to his whole creepiness and, like, this little sing-song that you usually hear, like, kids do when, you know, the bad guy's about to show up. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. I think that he did a lot of studying of creepy movies and, like, literally picked apart what he can do to make himself even creepier. So I absolutely, I love the entire family. Like, at first I was kind of on defense about it, but as weeks go by and they do something different, it's like, oh, my God, it's like, what are they going to do next week to just add the, uh, up the ante? But um, my question of the week, the two of you, <laughs> touching on the whole Paul's last, uh, uh, Paul Heyman, since we had discussed about him being always the ultimate heel, if you were given the job to make Brock Lesnar – a face. How would you go about doing it? Uh, I mean, it, it's it's tough right now coming off the streak. I I, I think the easiest thing is, is you, you involve Heyman in some way, shape, or form to uh, screw over Brock Lesnar with maybe, uh, you know, I mean, he is, Lesnar's the ultimate badass, but maybe uh, if at some point Heyman had a, a family, uh, uh a group, a faction of his own that um, he could have them all gang up and just pick apart uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, I think that would be the only way. It, it'd be tough coming, you know, it, it would have to be down the road because breaking streak definitely puts Brock Lesnar in, uh, you know, solidified as, as a heel. But I, I think using Heyman and Heyman all of a sudden turning and, and hating him, I, I think that would be the the easiest and the, uh, simplistic uh, solution if you really want to turn Lesnar face. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I think it would have. Yeah, I would agree. It would have to have some some Heyman involvement. Um, it would it would probably have to, and the payoff would probably have to, you know, Lesnar get his hands on Heyman. 
Kobe. It's been done before. Um, you know, he was the base case at one time, you know, in his WWE career when he got really popular, you know, with Heyman and then they, they turned Heyman on him. You know, he had a good run as a babyface, but the real, like I've always said, the real money is, is, is with Heyman and him together, not separate. But um, it, it's possible, I would have to say, like you said, another faction, you know, guys in a faction, or, you know, even if they were to maybe involve Cesaro in it, um, you know, as popular as he is. But I think the other thing that, that, that hurt this babyface run is the fact that Lesnar, people know he comes and goes when he pleases, and he's a part-time guy. And, P- and today's wrestling fans are not fans of that. So I think, um, you know, Lesnar would probably be better suited to be a heel for his WWE tenure, however long that, that will be. But a babyface run right now probably isn't in the works. But if it's done right, yeah, it, it can work. And it's got to have sort of physical involvement where you get hands on Heyman because everybody loves to hate Paul Heyman. And once you get your hands on him, then, you know, the place would pop and go crazy. Well, they have a thing. No, no, I was just thinking, like, personally, I think that you, uh, in order to make him a face, even for a short while, would be to have him somehow get on the side of um, Daniel Bryan and the Shield and take on Evolution. Because as, as much as people don't like Heyman, I don't know, like, what the common consensus is, but people really don't like Evolution because it's just, like, the ultimate bad guys trio and whatnot, and you know they're going to start screwing people over left and right. So when you bring in a beast like Brock Lesnar and he's fighting for the good guys, I think that he could have, like I said, he's even for a short while, I, uh, I'll face one. But that's the way that I would go about it. Nick, is always thought-provoking. Thanks for the call. I'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Take it easy. Yeah, I mean, Dank brings up a good point. I mean, I guess, you know, Heyman is Heyman's so good at being a heel, but people still kind of love him. I mean, if at some point in time you had the authority and Triple H uh, kind of challenge Brock or, or tell him what he's supposed to do, and, you know, obviously Triple H and, and Lesnar have some history, uh, you know, maybe that'd be a way to, to kind of turn him face, but... uh uh, and then you keep Heyman and Lesnar together. But um, it's an interesting question if you were forced into a, a predicament that you had to turn him face. But, uh, you know, like you said, part-timer, and you had him beat the streak, that's just that's heel gold. Uh, you know, I, I, to me, you just don't, you don't screw with that. You have a bona fide, hated guy. You know, we've talked a lot about Daniel Bryan and how he's the first guy in a long time uh, that reaches all the demographics of wrestling fans, and it's almost 100% across the board. People dig what Daniel Bryan's doing. Uh, as a part-timer, as a guy that ended the streak, you know, again, knowing that it's scripted, know that it's, knowing that it's sports entertainment, uh, Brock Lesnar, you know, I was going to say heels nowadays, a lot of heels get cheered. People dig the guys who are kind of the charismatic bad guys. So, you don't have a lot of those true heels like of yesteryear that are universally hated across the board. And I think they have built that right now with a Brock Lesnar that he's just hated across the board. And when you got that sort of heel heat, I, I wouldn't even think it turned them face, Dave. Yeah, no, I mean, breaking the Undertaker's streak, 
I don't think there will be a ba- I don't think there will be a baby face turn unless the only way I could see him turning baby face now, especially after breaking Undertaker's streak, is if he were is if he were to show some form of respect to Undertaker. I mean, you know, it's been Heyman that's been singing the praises of the fact that he broke that Lesnar broke the streak. And Lesnar didn't do anything outright as a heel to 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 beat the Undertaker, he just he beat him with his ability. So I mean, it would it would have to be something where he would have to show some form of respect to Undertaker, or you know uh, maybe if Undertaker were to come out and 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 maybe announce his retirement, and let's say Evolution were to try to attack him, maybe that he, Lesnar would make the save, and and then he he, he helps Taker up. They do the handshake and. That's how you would kind of transition him from being a babyface, or at least a start. I mean, I don't know, but I think a lot of people were just are still genuinely pissed. I mean, I, I like I said, I was leaving the Superdome, and we were, you know, me and my brothers were coming to meet you and you know Michelle. I forget because we had split up, and I had heard some guy walking in front of me. He had the most profane, profanity-laced tirade about <laughs> Brock Lesnar, like it was real. Like you would have thought, like like. I mean, he was gonna. He was probably gonna subpoena. Le- if he could, he would have subpoenaed Brock Lesnar right then and there for you know defamation of the Undertaker streak character. I mean, <laughs> I had never heard anything so I, seriously. He was he was legit. I mean, f bomb, c bomb. He called Brock Lesnar the c word. You know, I mean, it, everything. I I couldn't believe it, and I was just like standing there. I was like, man, like these people still think it's real. Like, you know? and it's funny, <laughs> man, because. You know, when you think about it, and, and everything that Daniel Bryan has done, and, and, and it's really amazing, and look, he had his moment, but I, I don't care what anybody says. The crowd did not react as, as favorably and as loudly and as passionately as they would have had the streak continued. You know, the, the, the crowd reacted to Daniel Bryan at the end, but... It's pretty amazing that if anything, anything on the planet could pull away from Daniel Bryan finally breaking through and winning the title, that was it. Uh, not only the breaking of the streak, but Lesnar breaking the, uh, the streak. And it it did. It You know, it, it still was a moment. But anyone who wants to say that it didn't detract at least a little, you're, they're wrong. It, it did. It did. You know, the crowd was not as passionate as, as they would have. And it took a while for the crowd to get into that championship match. Um so, I mean, when you, when you think about it in, in the context of all these things, and like you're saying, I mean, people are walking out of the arena dropping the C-bomb uh, because they, they hate Brock Lesnar so much. So that's not a guy that you, you jump out and look at turning face. You use that heat. You use that heel heat uh, um, in any way you possibly can. It, he's the, the, the anti-DB, you know. He's, he's the other side of the coin. You use that uh, to, to build other faces, perhaps, um, you know, it's just, it's, again, and I'm not saying that I totally agree on him ending the streak, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, they definitely built a bonafide heel there. So, you know, who knows? Who knows where they're going to go with Brock Lesnar? I mean, to me, you know, the logical is going after Dave Bryan at some point, when and if he comes back. Um, and that's down the road a piece. I mean, right now, we're looking at, uh, you know, Extreme Rules, we got a lot of stuff surrounding Extreme Rules. Daniel Bryan said to take on former tag team partner Kane. The Shield versus Evolution, lots of stuff surrounding that matchup, Dave. Um, not to mention we got, you know, Ric Flair coming back tonight, uh, former member of Evolution. 
they handed the Shield Friday Night SmackDown. That whole show, essentially, was about the Shield. And I thought it was cool. It was kind of a, a face version of the NWO. To me, it reminded me a lot. It was representative of the early stages of the NWO where throughout Monday Nitro, you'd cut in the back, you'd see different things going on where the NWO was beating on someone, kicking someone's butt, long-darting Rey Mysterio into the side of a trailer, just doing something like th- And it would be strung throughout the show. Uh, that's kind of what SmackDown is, was like on Friday night. Shield came out looking strong as hell on SmackDown. Evolution, where does Flair stand? Do we, do we have a swerve from Flair? Does he jump into Evolution? Interesting stuff. Looking forward to seeing how this storyline continues to develop. Well, as far as Friday night goes, I mean, that was done in a way to really build up Evolution, or I'm sorry, the Shield as equals to Evolution, in my opinion, and also to garner them getting some heat back from all the guys that had ganged up on them and taken them out the previous week with, with you know, the reformation of Evolution. Um, the Ric Flair thing is interesting. You had to have... You had to know that they were going to acknowledge it at some point. Um, today's wrestling fans, I think, I think wrestling fans overall, you know, in past generations are very smart. But today, more so than anything, with the advent of the, you know, the internet and social media, they were going to acknowledge it that Flair was a part of it. So I think you had to bring it up. And Flair, you know, he, he's under contract with WWE. I don't know what kind of deal he has, but you, you, you damn well know he's not going to get physical. My, I mean, I would go on record as saying is that. I could I could see tonight Flair coming out and almost like trying to invite himself into evolution. You know, he's Rick Flair, he's the nature boy, he's a big party animal. He loves, you know, that's his group. Those are his guys. He wants to be back in the fold. And they kind of, I wouldn't say give him the cold shoulder, but they're not as receptive to it as, you know, they would be in the past. And maybe it leads to, you know, Flair getting taken out by evolution. From what I understand, Flair's... N- He's a health risk. So his, his appearances are very limited with no physicality whatsoever. I mean, the last time he did something physical, he had a blood clot in his leg. They couldn't even have him appear on TV. I mean, all this other crazy stuff. So I don't think whatever they do with Flair, it's going to be small. It, it may not be Evolution turning on him. It may be Flair kind of – maybe Flair will come out and kind of stick up for the shield and kind of ask Evolution exactly what's their game plan. Why are they doing this? What – you know, what are you trying to accomplish? Who knows? But it's it's going to make some sense, I think, when Flair gets involved. But I think it's only going to be short-term. I can't see it going very long, in my opinion. Woo! 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. What do you guys think? Lots of stuff going on. Lots of storylines to talk about. We're going back out to the calls. we got a full phone bank going right now. we got Mr. Trivia on the line. Trivia, how are you doing tonight? Hey, how are you doing, guys? Doing all right. How are you? Ken. Ken, good. Ken, Dave, the guy just answered my question again. I was just about to ask you, what what kind of role was Flair going to play tonight with uh, Evolution? And you guys kind of kind of answered the question a little bit there for me. But um, What do yeah, you think the they should do with tonight? Well, uh, I think uh, Flair, you know, like I, I tend to agree with Dave. I think Flair is going to come out and, you know, find out, you know, what's the deal with Evolution, why are they – you know, why are they doing this? You know, supposedly the Shield is like, uh, you know, the up-and-coming the up team in WWE, Roman Reigns, is 
I think Roman Reigns is going to be like a major superstar if you ever broke away from them. Um, and I just think, you know, Flair's going to, I don't think he's, I think he's going to be kind of like neutral. I don't think he's going to take sides with evolution. I think, you know, like Dave said, he's probably going to come out and, you know, what's, what's your reasoning for this? Why is this going on like this? You know, I also heard a rumor to the fact that after Extreme Rules, Batista's taking some time off. Is that true? Yeah, that's, it's a good point. That is the rumor we're hearing. Um, Dave Batista is, is set to appear in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, a Marvel Comics uh, movie in August. And this is a movie, you know, this is a big deal because this is a movie that is it is tied into the Marvel Universe that they're trying to build. So it's, it's tied into the Avengers movies. Um, so Batista being a part of that, he's got a publicity to do and what have you. So the rumor is he will be taking some time off, and and what does that mean for Evolution? Do they add a new member? Uh, do they, you know, stay or do they just get decimated on on uh, Sunday night? I mean, I like Evolution coming back. I think it's 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 working too well for them to just give it up right away. But uh, it does raise the question: What exactly do with Evolution after Extreme Rules? Yeah, because I was thinking, you know, is this with the Shield, uh, you know, this uh, supposed feud that they're going to be having with the Shield? Is this going to last a long time, or is it just going to be this one match, one night deal? And, uh, you know, I don't know if he does a lot with house shows, but they were saying that uh, Dean Ambrose is the longest reigning United States champion. I can't remember the last time Dean Ambrose defended the U.S. title. I don't know if he does uh, a lot that, of defending that, 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 house that, that, shows. That's an absolute crock. Huh? I mean, who, it's a crock. Who cares? He's not defending yeah. it. Who cares? Yeah, I I agree with you there. But, uh, hey, guys, once again, great show. I enjoyed listening to you. Dave, keep up the good work on the Day 5 report. You guys are awesome, and uh, we'll catch you later on. Thanks for the call, Mr. Trivia. appreciate it. Talk to you next time. And, Dave, you, you right. like you know, we talked about it before the show. You found, like, an interesting article, and, and purely uh, opinion – um, but speculating on what they could do with evolution, and uh, I thought it was a really interesting take, what, what they said in this article. Yeah, I mean, the article mentioned, um, you know, with Batista taking time off, um, you know, evolution would be Triple H and Randy Orton, and they're not going to fight this battle on their own against the Shield, and Triple H has been mentioning in a lot of his promos, you either adapt or you die. Well, you know, part of part of the the evolution gimmick was adapting, and part of it was, you know, making stars of the future, and that's how Orton became who they are because of evolution. And one two names that were brought up to be a part of evolution again would be Curtis Axel and Ryback. Ryback fits that Batista kind of mold where he's the big muscle guy and you know the monster of the group, and Curtis Axel kind of fits the Randy Orton mold where. He's got the, the family lineage in the business and the, you know, the, the bright future tagline added to him and all the potential in the world to, to, to be a big star in the business and he could be groomed from the best. I mean, I think it, I, we, we talked about Axel a while ago, over a year ago, when he first you know, re-debuted with Paul Heyman, and I agreed in the sense that I thought it was going to help him being associated with Heyman. I didn't like the idea that, like, he still looked like Michael McGillicuddy. And if you knew who that was, you, you, you could understand what I'm talking about. But if he's coming back to make this big debut and repackage, you know, it, you just changed his name. That's all you did. You didn't really do anything. 
So if there's, I mean, and this is all pure speculation. This is just talk from somebody who put a blog out. So this is not something that's rumored. But it wouldn't surprise me if this was something that could be in the works. I mean, Axel's been a guy that has, you know, he's been in the system with WWE for quite a while. And he's, he's done a lot of stuff. He, had, he got settled with that Michael McGillicuddy gimmick. He was put in the, in the new Nexus for a while. Um, then he disappeared. Then they tagged him with Heyman. Then people thought he had a bright future there, and that kind of fizzled off when CM Punk returned, and he Heyman was masked up with Brock Lesnar, and Axel really wasn't on the same page. And now they've kind of filled him in there with Ryback, and it's kind of working the two of them together. They they kind of gel really well, and they kind of they, they have a story that they were both were kind of deserted by Heyman. So then making them a team, you know, they got a common not interest, but I guess, you know, something that they get that, 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 that they can identify with each other as a team, that they were deserted by Heyman and they're using all their, their strength and their, and, and their force to become a better tag team. He's been, he's been, he's, he's, he's been through the ringer. So if you were to put him in evolution, kind of give him a different look um, and, and really have him, I'm not saying it would be a perfect success, but, it's got potential. Let's just put it that way. If you were to put him in Ryback with Orton and Triple H, and then eventually Batista comes back, and then you could build to the breakup of Evolution with a Batista-Ryback feud or an Orton and an Axel feud if you were to build up those two young guys properly as, you know, the future of the business and, and against, you know, the, the old guard, so to speak, if, if that's what they had any, any, you know, any idea to do. I agree. I, you know, it's funny. It's purely like speculation, but I like it. And you have Rob Axel uh, getting a shot at the tag team titles. Um, you know, it, it's an interesting thought. Uh, all now again, bringing up Flair. You know, if Flair wound up being a part of Evolution and maybe took a more regular role, uh, you know, does Flair become like Rob Axel's mouthpiece? Um, you know, does something like that work? I, you know, I, li- I agree with you. I like the way they gelled as a tag team. I don't know if those two guys are ever going to set the world on fire, but uh, the chemistry has been there. It's been better. Um, and that was always Evolution's point. To, to, you know, they built whatever you think of them. And, and let's just, you know, let's, let's, if you don't have anything nice to say, say nothing at all. Um, but, you know, whatever your opinions are on, on Batista and Randy Orton, uh, Evolution built the two of them into bona fide main event stars. Um, that's what Evolution did. Could they do it again uh, with people like Rybaxel? Pure speculation, but who knows? But that does add a, another wrinkle in this, uh, another question mark. If the rumors are true, and they sound to be true, that Batista will be taking some time out, uh, for publicity, for uh, maybe there's some reshoots, whatever it is, going into uh, his movie, which is set to be released in August, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, if he's going to be gone for a prolonged amount of time, uh, where does Evolution go from there? Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. We're going to go back out to the calls. What do you guys think? We got Mike on the line. Mike, are you there? I got a. I got a. Fo- I got a follow. Rybaxel or whatever the heck that's what they're called, right? Rybaxel. They are called Rybaxel, yes. I gotta follow this. Oh God! Come listen. on, you you got promo skills, and you should. And be I was just gonna, list. and I was just gonna start. Listen, and I was just gonna start off with saying, "Mean, 
By God, Gene. Rick Flair is coming home tonight, and he's coming home to evolution because here's my theory on this. They say theory of a madman. I got one for you. The, the shield tried to attack, if you remember, or everyone remembers, they tried to attack Ric Flair. Ric Flair was going to take them on by himself, it looked like. Paul Flair was standing there. He was right for the pickings. I think tonight there's going to be a swerve, and we all know this. Ric Flair's coming home to evolution. Ric Flair and Triple H are best friends, and we know this. So I don't even have to say it. And and as far as Rybaxel being being part of um, anything, oh, hold on a second. Sorry. True story. It's not going to happen. I don't think so. Not with Rybaxel. You know, I, I, I don't like Ryback, but that's my own opinion about him. Everyone knows I don't like Ryback. I'll never like Ryback. I think he's a Goldberg wannabe, whatever. But the point is, is that you have, and, 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 and I wish I was, I, I wish the day would have came when Mr. Perfect would come down and smack his son on the chest and say, nobody is perfect. Nobody. He says he's better than perfect. I don't think he's better than perfect. There's only one Mr. Perfect. And that's per- and, and that's Mr. Perfect. But as far as those guys going on 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 in evolution, no way it'll never happen. Mm-hmm. First of all, there's no there's no room for if somebody has to be the muscle or to be, do the talking for Ryback, then it it should be uh, Vicky Guerrero. She should move it. She should make move move her mouth to make him and make him uh, speak, and then then make him move his mouth. That's that's not gonna happen. I'm curious, but, though, Mike. Like, what do you, what do you think? Like, uh, where would they go with Evolution if Batista is gone? If Flair joins Evolution, I mean, you just keep Flair kind of as the mouthpiece, but like, or manager type with uh, Triple H and Randy Orton. Do you add a new member? Do you, like, well, what, what are you? Well, well, on in in, in you know, mm-hmm. if we're going, obviously, we got to go short term with Flair because we don't know what's going to happen with Flair. You know, he's he, you know, he's not the Flair. Of the of the 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005, 2008, whatever, Flair. Um, so I, I in the short term, I, I think short term, yeah, he'll be the manager. You know, he's not going to be there every Monday night because he's with Fifi. Woo! And I don't blame him. By God. But anyway, but anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway. So me personally, I mean, I'm hearing a rumor. I don't know if you guys heard it, but. And, and, and I mean, not hearing. I read it actually. Um, I read that that they want to turn Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, good, and they want to turn the Shield bad. I mean, that's that's what I read. Um, so who knows? Wouldn't it be funny if Roman Reigns ended up in in the Shield? I mean, in Evolution, I could see Roman Reigns. You know, I could see Roman, but that that wouldn't, uh, you know. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know the long term of Evolution's plans. I don't know what Triple H has in store. I also heard a rumor um, saying that at Battleground they're going to do war games because that's a big arena in Tampa Bay. That Tampa Bay arena can hold war games. So that's a rumor. Uh, I, 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 I go ahead. I'll, 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 I wouldn't count your blessings on that because I just read I, I, I heard that rumor that you just mentioned right. about war games however 
from what I'm reading, some uh, uh, a fan purchased tickets and went on the um, the the map site of the of the arena, and it's only showing one ring. So uh, okay. as far as I know, the, the War Games concept will not Good. be coming back. The traditional two ring, maybe okay. they'll do one ring or do something different. I don't know, right. but. Um, that's the rumor that you know that's been right. put to rest, I guess, for now. Right. As far as I know, as far as the Bray Wyatt thing goes, there is rumors that they want to turn him babyface. However, they're not going to turn all the Shield heel. They're only going to turn Ambrose and Rollins, and, and Roman Reigns will be the the, the new like top babyface, or at least they're going to build him to that point. Right, right. That's that's what I've been right because I've, I've been I've been I have this this thing. Um, when I went on Facebook, I clicked into WWE um, on one. Of, I don't know even even the the page, and I get and I always get these you know these scoops from different wrestling things, and I've been checking them, reading them out. That's what I heard. But I mean, me personal, me personally, I like their original idea. Well, everyone know eventually, you know, the Shield and the Wyatt are gonna break up because you know everybody knows factions don't really last. That long, everybody's bored. Um, one other t- sad side note: Stagger Lee died. You know that 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 is you know Lee Marshall passed away. And yes, it was in it, my news. Oh, it was in your news. Oh, I didn't I didn't check out your your news today. I I came in on this a little late. But anyway, that's okay. Funny 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 story about Lee Marshall. I you know everybody you know I've been I've been following the Facebooks. Um, one of the referees I follow or friend, um, friends with, he put it on there, you know. And I was reading, and I see all these things, you know, where, you know, wrestling, you know, re- wrestling announcer dies. Super, then I see wrestling superstar. So I'm like, oh, my, another wrestler died? And then I punched him, and it was Lee Marshall again. Here's the funny story about Lee Marshall. 1996 at War Games, okay, Lee Mar- they, where they did all those, they had all the announcers for some strange reason around the ring, and Faces of Fear, and um, the Four Horsemen, they get into a big, big thing. The next thing you know, legitimately, Paul Lee Marshall is getting stomped and beat on by the by the um, by the Faces of Fear, and you hear mm-hmm. Lee Mar- you hear Lee Marshall yelling for help, and. Larry Sabisco just leaves him there. And this guy is getting stomped on and everything. And and when and, and after after that you know, they asked Lee Mar- they asked what's his name? They said, Link, you know, Larry Sabisco goes, Lee Marshall, you're all right? And Lee Marshall's like, No thanks to you, he didn't even help me out. So I, I kinda thought that was that was a funny I I kinda thought that was a funny moment because everybody was asking me about Lee Marshall. You know, I like Lee Marshall, you know, but he wasn't. You know, he was with Scott Hudson. You know, he 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 had his his funny moments and, and good stuff. He did bring a lot to the table. A lot of AWA fans out there will probably tell me about Lee Marshall. And everybody knows I'm not really an AWA guy. Although Magic goes, oh, you should you should watch AWA. Listen, I didn't watch it when I was a kid. I can't get into it now. It's just one of those things. But that's the, the the beauty part of wrestling. We all like what we like, and and um, you know. But I'm I'm hopeful to see what's going to happen with the future, with the past, you know, in the middle, 
you know, like you, we we talk about. But but that's what do you guys think about Lee Marshall? Uh, you know, I, I mean, great announcer. Um, you know, it's 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 sad. You know, as as, as your fan and you know for years and years and watching the product, uh, great commentator and. Uh, Mike, gonna have to let you go. We've got a lot of people on hold. But oh, thanks. no problem, no problem, guys. I just wanted to thank you for my time, and we'll catch you next week. And uh, thank you guys for letting me speak my mind right back to you. Okay. Anyway, thanks for the call. Guys. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, Mike brings up a funny story with Lee Marshall again. You know, it, it's just sad, and uh, respect to him. And uh, you know, as we said before, best wishes from the show uh, out to his family. Uh, well, you guys are bringing it tonight. We got. We're gonna. I'm gonna do my best to to get to all of you. We still have a full bank of calls, though. And we're running short on time, so you're gonna get on the line. Bring it. Bring it strong. Let's see if we can get everyone in before the end of the show. We're going back out to the phone. We got Anthony on the line. Anthony, are you there? I'm here. What's going on, guys? Not much. How I'm you here. doing? What do you got for? Us? Good. How are you? Um, tough act to file there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as the uh, top fifty list uh, goes, um, I don't. I I think I heard all your talk about. It. I might have missed it, but I there was one guy I didn't see on there that I thought possibly should be was uh, Bully Ray. It's a good point. I mean, a lot of uh, you know a lot of what he's done on on the mic as far as his best work has been done in TNA, and that's probably kept him off the list, but. Yeah, great. I mean, he did some great stuff in, in ECW. Um, yeah, another, guy, another I guess, glaring omission from the top 50 list. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I figured it was the whole TNA thing, and a lot of his new act is in that with that uh, organization. But it did say in pro wrestling history, you know, not necessarily WWE, so I figured maybe some consideration there. But uh, I had a different uh, take on the Shield Evolution um, uh, thing going on, promo going on here. Uh, again, this is just something that I kind of came up with in my head, thinking maybe uh, Ambrose and Ambrose and uh, Rollins would turn on Reigns, possibly Sunday or Monday, and they would be two new members in Evolution, assuming that it is true that Batista is going away, kind of being like the the younger guys that Triple H and Morton would bring along. Uh, you know, because they've kind of gone away from the whole, you know, where where they, they didn't seem like they're on the same page for a while, and now they seem like they're united. So maybe it would be a big bigger surprise now if they were to turn on Reigns at this point. Yeah, it's an interesting take. I mean, we, we, it's funny because we talked about that, that scenario, like, on the on this pre-show prep, and, uh, you know, it's weird. Like, they started to tease dissension with the Shield, but... They pulled away from it. I mean, it definitely would be shocking. Uh, would be an interesting take on things, especially the whole uh, adapt or perish. Um, I, I don't know if I'd, I'd bet on it, but it would be, a, you know, an interesting take. What do you think, Dave? I think that's very possible. I mean, they 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 wanted to split the shield for a while. They want to make Roman Reigns, you know, the next uh, you know big top baby face to to be the future of the company. Um, they have plans for all three guys. I could see that idea being used with Ambrose and Rollins as a part of Evolution, um, although I don't know how long Evolution is going to last. Um, but I, I could see the turn taking place at some point, not necessarily them joining Evolution. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Roman Reigns were to win the Money in the Bank contract and 
the other two were involved in the match and they lost and they got jealous and then that's when the turn takes place. I wouldn't be surprised if that takes place maybe at SummerSlam, uh, a little bit after SummerSlam, but I would say in the next several months we'll see the split take place from the Shield. All right, Tony, Tony, thanks a lot for the call. I'll talk to you next week. Uh, yeah, can I throw jazz on real quick for you? Yeah, sure, bring jazz on. Okay. Hello? Hey, Jazz. How are you doing tonight? Good. Curious your thoughts. You know, we've talked a lot about, you know, what's going on in wrestling right now. Uh, you know, a lot of Bray Wyatt, The Shield. Um, what do you thought? You know, I, I'll hand you with Bray Wyatt. You know, Bray Wyatt's been cutting some uh, crazy promos as of late. Um, I'm curious uh, your thoughts of Bray Wyatt and uh, the program he's running right now with John Cena. Um. I personally uh, thought even before, like, WrestleMania, when they were doing that whole thing about John Cena's legacy, I thought that was really cool. And, and I'm a, I'm not a fan of John Cena, but I, I do think that, that it's really cool how they're setting it up. And Bray Wyatt is, like, an awesome wrestler, and he's awesome. So you're a big Bray Wyatt fan. What do you think is going to happen on Sunday? Um... Uh, I'm not sure. It's kind of hard to tell. Um, I, I, being a, a Bray Wyatt fan, I don't want John Cena to win, but I do think he does have a chance of winning. Interesting. I'm curious, like, as you said, you really like Bray Wyatt. Who's your favorite wrestler right now? Ryback. Really? So, as we were talking about, you know, going forward, Batista um, could be... A, a you know taking a break after Extreme Rules. What are your thoughts if they they kind of went in that direction and added uh, Ryback, either just Ryback or him and uh, Axel um, to Evolution? I I think that would be really cool, and I think it would definitely give um, Ryback so definitely big push, and you know maybe get them on the top, and I, I think that would. Be, not just because I'm a Rybasco fan. I think I think personally that that it would be really good and be really cool to see them more um, at the top of the roster instead of being like below like zero. <laughs> Agreed. And I like your take on it, Jazz. Thanks uh, so much for the call, and uh, looking forward to hanging with you and, and talking some wrestling uh, Sunday at Extreme Rules. So uh, take care, and then we'll talk to you. Okay. Bye. Bye, take care. What was it? Like, Jazz really got, like, a good good feel for, like, the, the wrestling game. I mean, I was so, you know, I mean, it, it's so different now, but when I was young. I mean, I I believe, I, I would never believe that it was scripted uh, until I was, I don't know, like, 30, 31 years old. Uh, you guys have been awesome tonight, and we're going to go back out to the phones. We got our buddy Justin on the line. Justin, are you there? Hi, can I miss you? Miss you, too. What do you got for us tonight? Extreme Rules coming up, The Shield, Evolution, Bray Wyatt, John Cena, Cesaro, Heyman. I don't know if you've heard, but Paul Heyman's client, Brock Lesnar, conquered the streak. Lots of stuff to talk about. Bring it. What do you want to talk about? Um, my favorite wrestler is Ric Flair. Woo! Give me a good woo, Justin. Woo! Nice. So what do you think is going to happen with, with uh, Flair tonight? You think Flair's going to come out and uh, 
you know, jump right back in and join uh, join up with Evolution? You think he's going to pull a swerve and help out the Shield? What are your thoughts on Ric Flair returning tonight? He might return to Evolution. You think that's the direction they're going to go in? Oh yeah. Cool. I like I like what you're you're thinking, and your enthusiasm is just it's contagious. Um. I'm, I'm liking what I'm hearing out of you. So we're going to get a, a return, like the uh, the original evolution back together tonight on Monday Night Raw, which kind of makes it kind of a historic uh, Monday Night Raw. So, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it tonight. Going into Extreme Rules, Justin, we have, you know, the Shield versus Evolution, uh, Cena Wyatt, lots of matches. We're going to find out who's going for the Intercontinental Championship uh because, uh, you know, the end of the tournament is tonight, which is kind of cool, going up against Big E, so we don't know. Is there any one match uh, going into the pay-per-view this Sunday that you're really looking forward to? I look forward to the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, good for you. Uh, uh, who do you want to see face uh, Big E? I think it'll be... Let's see, what's his name? Right back. Well... Um, that would be cool if they put Ryback in the mix. And you know what? You bring up an interesting point because Ryback versus Big E could be a cool matchup. Both, uh, you know, big, stocky guys. But we have the, the IC tournament uh, taking place where uh, uh, Wade Barrett will be battling uh, Rob Van Dam for the number one contendership for the IC title. So it has to be one of those guys. Which guy do you think it's going to be? Rob Van Dam. You think so? We're going to see RVD versus Biggie Langston. And before we let you go, your prediction on that match. Who wins the Intercontinental Championship? Um, RVD or Big E? Uh, Big E. Big E retains at Extreme Rules. You heard it here first from our man, Justin. Justin, thank you for giving us a call. Give us a call next week. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You know what, you know what Ken? You and Dave are the... Are the best. We really are. We are totes awesome. Thanks for giving us a call. We'll talk to you later. All right, Ken. Thanks, Justin. Justin giving us a call. We are just about out of time. You guys are on hold. I, I apologize. Call us next week. You know, we come up with so much material to talk about, and you guys were awesome this week, and we had to uh, try to fit in everybody. I think maybe, Dave, we're going to have to go to the – the phones a little earlier next week just to get everyone in. I got an email late, and I got to make sure I'm going to do my best to book him up. Mario Mancini was giving us a call. He was on hold like late in the show. I want to give him the respect he deserves and give him uh, a full uh, compliment of time to talk about the business, the wrestling business, uh, being in the New England Wrestling Hall of Fame and all that good stuff. So, I'm going to look to reschedule him. Uh, apologies, unable to get him on tonight, but we'll get him on in the future. But crazy show. You callers were awesome. Come back to us next week, each and every week, 630 to 8 o'clock. We give you the, wa- the raw pregame show. Dave, hell of a show tonight. Yeah, yeah we, we, we covered it all. And, uh, you know, thank you guys for, for tearing it up on the phone lines tonight. And, you know, just a little preview for next week. Uh, we wanted to debut this tonight, but we gave you guys, the callers, the, the, the chance to speak your mind. But we're going to do a new segment next week called What Are You Watching on the WWE Network? That's one of those things also when you guys call, you know, let us know. What are you watching on the WWE Network? It's a new segment we'll do every week. Uh, just 
talk about what we're watching. Um, you know, we got Extreme Rules this Sunday. Remember, we won't be doing a pre-show this Sunday because um, I will be out at um, the. You know, I was about to call it Brendan Byrne Arena. My God, I'm showing my age. Eyes up, Center. See Extreme Rules. I'm going to be at the Brendan Byrne Arena this weekend. Um, Come on out, check out the Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. We almost did it. You guys are awesome. We, we grabbed a few extra likes on the way uh, during the show. We're up to 384, so we need those last 16. We're so close to 400. But uh, check out the Facebook this weekend, and I will be posting where exactly we'll be hanging out in the parking lot and tailgating. So if you want to come by... Hang out, you know, have a have a drink, uh, maybe a burger, and just talk some wrestling beforehand. Uh, we're going to go pretty early and just hang out in the parking lot before Extreme Rules. So come and meet us. Check out the Facebook. We'll post uh, the page, uh, the, the page. We'll post the location of the tailgate uh, the, the morning or afternoon of, and, and just come by and hang out with us, and let's, let's talk some wrestling uh, live. Uh, Dave, before we end the show, I mean, Raw is, is set to be pretty amazing. Uh, lots of big stuff going on. Uh, interesting to see how they uh, set everything up. Daniel Bryan has vowed to be back tonight on Monday Night Raw after the severe beating he took at the hands of Kane, which was a great vehicle to kind of give the respect to Daniel Bryan's family after his father passed away and get him off TV and, and on a plane to his family right away. Um, but he's going to be back tonight. Uh, championship match. We talked a lot about Bray Wyatt, John Cena, the IC title, Shield vs. Evolution. So much going on at this pay-per-view. Is there one match that you are really looking forward to, Dave, above all others? If you thought Rob Van Dam was winning the Intercontinental title, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. So you're, you're saying Wade's going over, Wade's taking that title? Oh, yeah. And I'd like some decorum, please, when, <laughs> uh, well, when, he does win, when he does win the Intercontinental Championship. That gimmick has grown on me. I didn't like it at first. I love it now. I think it's hilarious. When he interrupted Jerry Lawler at the Hall of Fame, I thought that was great. I thought they should have had him come out on his riser like he does normally. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that match. And, you know, it's a good vehicle to get Barrett. Um, back in the spotlight, and I, I look forward to it. Yeah, it's funny because I like the, pro, the the gimmick more now that he's actually wrestling. I wasn't crazy about it at the Hall of Fame, but I've always liked Barrett. I think Barrett's got a lot to offer. Who knows? Maybe he'll help to elevate uh, that intercontinental strap. Looking forward to that match, but I think for me, I'm really looking forward to the John Cena-Bray Wyatt match and the intrigue involved there. So we shall see. Again, come hang out at the tailgate. If we don't see you there, we'll be back next Monday, 6.30 to 8, to bring it to you, to react to Extreme Rules, give you the pregame for Monday Night Raw, and you guys bring it like you did this week. Give us a call. Let us know what you're thinking. For Dave, I am Ken. Thank you all for supporting us. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, everybody.